This is the Dave Logan Podcast. Welcome to the Dave Logan Podcast. Dave Logan and Julie Brownman, podcast number 32. Yes. We would encourage you to, uh, in the middle of this pandemic, as we continue to practice social distancing and stay home for the most part, feel free to go back and listen to some of the previous episodes. And download and subscribe. Yeah. Did I already say Dave Logan and Julie Brownman? You did. Okay. You did. Even How you doing? I'm good. Good to see you. It's great to see you. On um, your screen, my screen. So before we came on the air, we discovered something about each other, which is rare since we've known each other almost 30 years. Yeah. Um, we both had brushes with the law. When well, we were I mean, I, th- I think to be more accurate, <laughs> you got expelled from school. This isn't starting off very Did you not get expelled from school? I was told it may be best to move on. Uh, okay. So Is that direction. not a 2020 way of saying <laughs> I was expelled back in whatever year it was? Um, so you want me to go first? Were you, you dismissed go. from your school? I was told it was probably best not to return. Well, then you were dismissed from school. <laughs> well, I mean, I could come back, but who wants to go where they're not wanted? Oh, oh, oh. You had the option to come back? I did, but I think we decided as a family that maybe I shouldn't. So it was when I was in uh, junior high. And I spray painted, not a wall, I spray painted a gymnastic vault. I'm so shocked you don't know this story. And it wasn't very nice. How would I know this story? I mean, I, why would I ever have heard of what you did, in you little high? mischievous devil, when you were in junior high school? So I said, it wasn't very nice. What I, I said something about school. Like You said something about school? Just imagine the word I said. What the word start, for, start with? F. Ooh. Okay. What in free school? <laughs> free school. Yeah. Um, but yeah. I did it with two other girls. And when the heat came down, they turned on me, by the way. It was, there were two other girls that were involved. Snitches. Total snitches. Right? Yeah. So you, I, you were dealing with snitches before snitches even became a thing. Right. And I, I mean, one of them, yeah, life didn't turn out with, for one of them. So I feel like karma, karma. Got oh. There. Yeah. So anyway, so that's how I ended up at Colorado Academy. Snitches and bitterness for young Julie Brownman. <laughs> 40 years later. But then I discovered you actually got in some trouble. Well, yeah, we, we had this, we, we came up with this idea, the four football captains going into my senior year of high school. Mm-hmm. We thought it'd be a good idea to paint, take state on the school. On Wheat Ridge. Yeah, we were high school. I mean, we thought it was a good idea. In fact, we were so brazen about it that we wore painter's caps, <laughs> bib overalls, and just carried, you know, it wasn't as though we were trying to hide. We just, it was like 9.30 or 10 o'clock one night, and we just started painting the school. What we failed to realize is paint, if you paint on windows, uh-huh. pretty easy to remove. If you paint brick, much more difficult to remove. So as we're done with our work uh-huh. for the night and walking out of the parking lot onto 32nd Avenue, uh-huh. I mean, why would anybody think that four rather large, you know, high school age boys in paint attire carrying <laughs> paint cans would be doing something they shouldn't be doing at 10 o'clock at night? So we got, uh, we got nabbed by the police. Oh, that night when you were that walking night. out with well, your yeah. caps? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> It was not a well-planned out crime. And so we got taken home. 
Um, we had to individually pay to have the school sandblasted. Uh-huh. The only way you could get the paint off the school. So we were in big trouble. I learned a couple of lessons. Oh, my dad was pissed. Uh, that I learned that lesson the hard way. But I learned a lesson from two of my coaches. Uh, one of the assistant coaches, who I'm still fairly good friends with today, wanted us to be suspended for the entire football season. You're going into your senior year? Yes. Oh, geez. He wanted all four of us to not play. Uh, and the other three were seniors as well. To not play their senior season. Wow. The head coach said, we're definitely going to penalize them. And there will be uh, things that they're going to have to do that they don't like. Mm-hmm. But they're playing this year. So... But it it taught me a lesson now as a head coach and having coached for 27 years uh, as a head coach in high school of, you know, not to be punitive when you're, when you're dishing out um, justice to players. That doesn't mean players can do whatever they want to do whenever they want to do it. But to understand that, you know, I think back, I, I could have missed my entire senior year of football had that assistant coach. Uh, got his way. When did you know? When did you, had you committed to CU? I mean, could that could have changed your? I, oh, I didn't commit to CU till till after me. Back then, really, those things weren't done. Uh, I didn't commit till after basketball season. So I committed in the spring mm-hmm. of of the next year. So I was I was still uh, deciding where to go, and um, yeah, I was in in the middle of that. But, but fortunately, there was no social media. Right, it was covered wagon days for us back. At Wheat Ridge High School. And so, you know, you could do things and make mistakes as a young adolescent and not uh, not be plastered all over social media. Last question. Did you think you weren't going to get in trouble? I mean... Coming from the wom- <laughs> the girl in, in what, what year? Point. Eighth grade? <laughs> that wrote... Seventh grade that wrote F school <laughs> on, a, on a balance beam in... I mean, really? It's a vault. Yeah. Do you yeah. think you were going to get away with that? <laughs> Well, I mean, I didn't have a painter's cap on. It wasn't like yeah, we were brazen. I mean, we we just didn't we didn't think about it. It, it, yeah, it wasn't like right. we didn't think of, honestly. I, what I remember of that, we didn't think it was that big a deal. It was just sort of a stunt to, in our mind, promote school spirit, take state, <laughs> you know, la la la. But it it <laughs> it didn't turn out. Oh, if you can see my dad's face. What was uh, your besides paying? Did you get grounded? Yeah, I was in trouble. I I I had. Uh, yeah, I I got I got in trouble, big trouble. Oh my god, the things we learn mm. on this podcast. Uh, did you watch golf over the weekend? Just any golf? The match. Ooh, uh, I did. I did. I watched. I would say ninety percent of it. I thought it was great, and I'm not a golf fan, as you know. I think they did it right. Yeah, I mean, it was something. Listen, it was something to watch. I mean, up to the point now where, uh, you know, any sort of live. TV coverage of sports. Mm-hmm. I'm going to watch a little bit. I'm not a huge NASCAR guy. I watched a few laps of a couple of the NASCAR, one of Darlington 400, which was um, recently run. I, so, but but I think I mean the bottom line is they raised a bunch of money, right? I was trying to put myself because I, I I really like golf. I haven't played golf for a long time. 
at one point I would say I was probably uh, an average player, you know, like an 11 handicap. And I looked at the handicaps going in, into the match. Of course, you have Tiger and you have Phil. Mm-hmm. And Peyton was listed as a 6. Tom Brady was listed as a, an 8, 8.1. So I'm thinking, okay, both these guys are good players. I thought Peyton played to a six uh, during the match, hit some fantastic shots. Mm-hmm. I thought Brady, you know, I looking at his game, um, and he's a hell of a lot better than I am, but I'm I'm not sure he's a legitimate eight. Mm. I think he might be an eleven you think he or might thereabouts. Have well, I mean, I, I don't know. Why would he do that? He, he had some really good shots, but he had some shots that I'm thinking, you look like I do. <laughs> that looks like me right there. So for a person, I don't really like watching golf. I thought it was really entertaining. And I hope that they, I mean, you always can't get that kind of matchup, but I hope they take some things from that. I love, like, isn't the Phoenix Open the one that's kind of crazy where um, people are yelling and screaming? It doesn't really follow the same hush-hush rules. Like, I love having the player's mic. I like having the camera in... Um, the cart, like there were just some things there that kind of kept you engaged that if you have some kind of personality, you can really help your brand. And it, I thought it helped the broadcast. Well, two things. I mean, obviously on tour events, there's no carts. So the caddy, I mean, you the guys have caddies, yeah. but guys are walking the whole, the whole round. Um, I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, I enjoyed it. Uh-huh. As I said, I watched most of it. Uh-huh. I, I I think I sort of equate uh, how much I liked the match with if you were stranded <laughs> on uh, an island and you had no food and you you after ten days you found and then think of a food that you really don't like. What? Give me a food you don't like. Cantaloupe. Can't. Yeah. Can't stand it. Right. Okay, but you've been on the island for ten days, and now you see fresh cantaloupe. You know what? You're fitting to have you some cantaloupe. <laughs> That's just the way it is. So we have been so starved yeah. for any sort of sports. I mean, can we just get something on that? Even even that thing yesterday uh you know was appealing enough that i stuck with it so you think my i'm enthusiastic about it because i just haven't seen anything I'm yeah not really like that happy yeah about. right i mean listen for me to watch nascar for me to watch the darlington 400 mm-hmm. at least for a few laps and i'm not i don't want to hear from nascar fans you know i'm not i'm not cracking on nascar it's just not my thing uh i mean i appreciate the fact that these dudes are going as fast as they are bumper to bumper and and risking their lives no question about that but um, but I sat and watched probably 30 minutes of it. So I got online too, cause they wanted to, to raise $10 million to help COVID. Well, they raised 20 though, right? They raised 20. Yeah. I tried to actually That's donate awesome. a few times and I got kicked off the site. Like I think a lot of people, obviously a lot of people, you know why? Why? They probably, you probably in some of your social media posts, mm-hmm. people know that you're the little girl in seventh grade that wrote <laughs> F school in the, in vault class. Here's what I say to that is I feel like you F can that. do things like, yeah, F that. Yeah, you're right. <laughs> right. Um, okay. So there were things on the, it was at fanatics.com that they put this whole thing on. You could put in a $10 donation and have a chance to go and see Tiger or Phil play. Like that's how they raise the money. Yeah. So one of the things though they did is they had a, a lot of once in a lifetime opportunities that you would bid on 
to raise money. So one of them was um, you get to do uh, a putting lesson from Tiger. You get a two invitations, all expenses paid trip to Tiger Woods 2020 Hero World Championship in the Bahamas. You get to hang out in the VIP hospitality. You get to hang out with him. You get to have dinner. You get to, like a bu- bunch of autograph stuff. But basically the big thing is a one-on-one putting lesson with Tiger Woods. Okay. Guess how much that went for? Well, how much would you pay for that? Say you had a tons of money. Say say I do well. Then I mean it's for a worthwhile cause, right? Mm-hmm. I mean I would bidding start at fifty thousand dollars. Fifty thousand? <laughs> yes. Oh. What you talking about, Willis? <laughs> no, I, I I would not bid fifty thousand to have a one on one putting contest with Tiger. Would you? No, but I don't. You know, I hit everything right. He's not going to fix it. <laughs> it's a putting. Yeah, I lesson. understand. It would go right. You don't hit your putts yeah, right, I know, do you? I know. No, I don't. Okay. It was 260,000. 260 grand. Well, I mean, for somebody that has that kind of money and it, and it is, I mean, a certain percentage of that would be tax deductible and it is going to a very worthwhile cause. So from a charity standpoint, I get that. And if you're worth several million or maybe tens of millions or more, Uh you know, 200 and some odd thousand dollars for a once in a lifetime sort of experience like that, why wouldn't they? Okay. Here, this might be more apt for you. Uh, dinner in Vegas for eight with Pete Rose and sign memorabilia. Guess what the current bid is for that? I've actually done that. What? Well, we didn't really have dinner. We had a drink, Pete and I, but no. Go, go, go. Tell me, tell me. No, no. I saw I saw Pete Rose in Vegas probably six, seven years ago uh-huh. in a casino. Uh-huh. Uh, and actually, I was at... He was standing behind a table that I was playing at. He was with another guy. Were you in the high rollers? Uh, moving right on. So <laughs> I thought that oh, that's friggin' Pete Rose. Right. So I thought I would, I, I contemplated whether to, and then I said, I'm going to introduce myself. And um, I mean, he acted, of course, he was in Cincinnati uh, in the early seventies, I played in Cleveland in the mid seventies. Did he know you were? He seemed like he did. Okay. Now, if not, he was, he was BSing me uh-huh. pretty well, but, uh, we wound up, we didn't really sit and have a drink. We wound up standing there having a drink and a conversation. So dinner with Pete Rose for eight, um, and sign memorabilia. And you could probably just ask him all the questions that you wanted. What would be your first question? Did you really gamble on baseball? Duh. Yeah. What would your first question be? He's never going to answer that, so I'm not. I I'm not going to use one of my questions on an effort that I know right. he will never All respond right. well, to. What else do you want to know from Pete Rose? What else did you do that was illegal? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe that. No, I mean, listen. I acknowledge him as a great hitter. Hit over four thousand hits. I'd like just to hang out and just talk baseball with him. Do you right? think he should be in the Hall of Fame? Um, I have said no for the longest time. I'm modifying my view on that a bit, Um, but I'll put it to you this way. I can completely understand why he's not, and I think retrospectively, looking back, had he just come out when they had the goods on him and said, yes, I did, and admitted to it, I think he'd be further down the road of because he has to he has to be reinstated before he can become a member of the Hall of Fame. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't think any commissioner 
is willing to fade the heat to do that. I think Pete Rose will be inducted into the Hall of Fame, but unfortunately for Pete and his family, I think that will come posthumously. I was, yeah. I was. How old is he? Pete's got to be 75, 76, yeah. 77, something like that. Yeah, it looks like life's been a little hard on him. Okay, so the starting bid was $5,000. Guess where the current bid is now? For dinner, for eight, for Pete Rose, signed memorabilia. I'd say the current bid is 125 $11,000. Isn't that interesting? 11000 Yeah, only eight people bid on it. Huh. Who, let me see. Who's got the, the lead bid there? P. Rose. <laughs> I don't know who that is. That's kind of surprising. Well, I mean, you have to be of a certain vintage, right? I mean, how many people, stop and think about this. How many ardent sports fans, even, even baseball fans, under the age of 40 would, would care enough to bid on this thing? offer yeah i just feel like that's definitely once in a lifetime all right let me do one for you um you might like this too do you know who Alyssa milano is yes okay uh you get to go to a dodgers game with her in box seats and you get a twenty five hundred dollar gift bag what would your first question to her be she would make you spread the gift bag around to all sorts of different fans in dodger stadium you would not be able to keep the gift bag yourself why not I just think that's sort of how she operates. Okay. The starting bid was $7,500. For Alyssa Milano. I well, like her. Mm-hmm. Yeah, she's cute. Um, Big Dodger fan. So you'd have to listen to her talking about the Dodgers, which is like... I, you know. To me, I wouldn't make a bid on that. I would bid on Halle Berry and the <laughs> UFC fight. There's a bid on that. Dana White is giving for this event, I mean, for this cause, he's giving a pair of tickets in his personal suite, uh-huh. and you get to have dinner with Halle Berry and sit with her during the entire card, one of the upcoming cards of UFC. Now, brother, <laughs> let me just go to the piggy bank and shake that thing until it makes no noise. <laughs> because I'm I'm in on that one. I take all my money that I was going to give to Alyssa Milano, <laughs> tip my cap, say something smart, and then try to be the top bidder for Halle Berry. I wonder what that's going to go for. We'll follow that. Closely. You know what? Yes, because honestly, uh, if it if it's not too much, I'll bid a dollar more. <laughs> okay, I'll do some research on that. Uh, so I don't really have to do any more research on this latest story that came out on Friday that the NFL Executive Vice President of Football Operations Troy Vincent said that the NFL is planning on having full stadiums until the medical community tells us otherwise. Not breaking news. No, but not even. Of- not even news. I mean, this no. just in. Mm-hmm. We're also planning on celebrating Christmas <laughs> this coming year. Deep for most of us, December twenty fifth. <laughs> I mean, is that breaking news? I mean, the NFL is planning on having full stadiums. Of course they are, because nobody has said they can't. Mm-hmm. They had the luxury of sitting back, and this is, uh, you know, May whatever it is twenty third, twenty fourth. So you've got May to June to July. To, you basically have. Almost three months before, uh, and that would be into the preseason schedule. Yeah. A lot of things can happen. We've seen, I think, significant movement the last couple of weeks with respect to some of the places in the country reopening and gradually trying to get back to some sort of normal activity mm-hmm. as long as you're safe in doing that. So the NFL is in a great position. They they can they can sit there and be as optimistic as they want to be and 
Um, you know, if they have to then change their view a month from now, they're able to. Yeah, they said they had contingency plans. Like, well, yeah, of course you have contingency plans. For one, one thing, and you and I have talked about this before. One thing I can guarantee you, I can't guarantee you there will be uh, a full stadium. I can't even guarantee you there will be half uh, of a full stadium. I can't guarantee you that w- there will be fans at all. But I can. I'll stop just short of a complete and total guarantee. So I'll be in that little category right underneath that, mm-hmm. and say. There will be NFL football this fall. They are not going to walk away from that much TV revenue. They can't afford to do it. So unless we have something cataclysmic happen Is that a between word? now, I think so, between now and the start of football season, uh, there will be NFL football will be played in the fall of 2020. Oh, I agree with that too. Like yes. they'll do out of all the, all the sports. Speaking of the NFL it's hard because, you know, right now we should be – would OTAs have, been, have started right mm-hmm. now? Okay. So we actually should be talking about how guys are looking out there or whatever the you know the, they let the press see. What is one draft pick or free agent that maybe a little off the radar, just not talked about a lot, that you're really looking forward to to seeing and covering and, and following? We there's, know Jerry Judy's getting there's a There's a veteran acquisition cornerback, Halle Berry, for the Broncos that uh, five eight, uh, one whatever. No, sorry, I'm still <laughs> I'm still on Halle Berry. Uh, hello, hello. So I would say, <laughs> listen. I mean, young guys. I mean, the draft draft choices and some of the free agents they always interest me. It's one of the nice things about the NFL start of the season. Everybody feels good about uh, their team, and everybody comes up with all sorts of scenarios that. Uh, if this happens and that happens and they can stay healthy and they get a couple favorable bounces, I think this could be a team that might. I mean, we qualify all of our projections in about a thousand different ways. So I, I, I want to see what I mean, a guy like K.J. Hamler, who comes in as a second round draft choice kid out of Penn State, one of the fastest, if not the fastest receivers in the draft. Um, and a lot of doubters, I think, look at him and say, "Way too small. Why did we hit? Why did we pick another wide receiver after you took Jerry Judy in the first round?" But I've seen enough film on KJ Hamler, and I what I'm hoping is he can um, his game and his level of production at the college game translates into that sort of production at the pro game, and I. I I think it can. I think it's going to be so important to see how Pat Shermer utilizes these young weapons. And he's got, you know, all of a sudden, I mean, stop and think about this. Cortland Sutton is sort of the old man in the group, hmm. and Cortland's going into his third season. Right. Right? I mean, you got Cortland Sutton, you got Jerry Judy, a rookie, you got KJ Hamler, a rookie, you got Noah Fant going into his second year. Um, you've got Philip Lindsay coming off two 1,000 yard rushing seasons. You add Melvin Gordon, who, when he's healthy, has been a very good running back in this league. So I, I just think, you know, I've tried to go back and watch some of the uh, some of the tape from the Giants, uh, and even before that, when Shermer was the OC with Minnesota, just to see some of the stuff that he likes to do. I, I'm Absolutely. That's that. That to me is going to be what I focus on when we finally get to camp and have a chance to see it unfold. And if not in camp, well, then the start of the regular season. 
what sort of offense does Pat Shermer put together? And does it look exactly like his offense did when he was in New York and uh, also in Minnesota? Might because of just what's happening now, the Broncos be at a disadvantage because they do have a new offensive coordinator. They do have a lot of new young players as opposed to other teams that it's going to be difficult for everybody, right? But for other teams that are already in a groove. Yes, no question. This, this, I mean, this is not in in a perfect case scenario. If you have to go through something like this, which is, uh, you know, we've never seen anything like this, which just precludes uh, any sort of OTAs, it precludes any sort of working out, it precludes anybody getting in front of a medical uh, staff and having them look at a player they might be interested in. All that stuff went out the window. So the teams that have their coaching staff intact, the offense and the defensive coordinators. Uh, returning, and they have as many starters returning as possible, including the most important position, quarterback. Those teams are going to be ahead. And that, what I just said to you, perfectly uh, identifies the Kansas City Chiefs. Kansas City has, I think, 21 of their 22 starters back. Mm -hmm. The head coach is back. Uh, The coordinator's back on both sides of the ball, right? And the quarterback is back with all the weapons. So I think Kansas City would be a prohibitive favorite this year and eons in front of a lot of other teams, including the Broncos, with respect to putting things in and having an understanding and hitting the ground running um, right from the start. I would say Kansas City will be one of the better – they'll be one of the better teams all year. But I think the start of the season, you'll look at them and say, wow – they look a lot better than a lot of teams, and it's because of what, what I just said. There are a number of teams, though, that in the past that we might have had to worry about that are in the same situation as the Broncos, right? The Chargers are going to be in that situation. The Patriots are going to be in that situation. I mean, there's some going to be maybe some... Well, the, Patri- the Patriots are in the situation of trying to replace Brady. Yeah. That's no easy task. But they still have the same coordinator. Yeah. And they still have the same head coach. And they still have the same sort of mindset and culture that they've been able to establish. I, th- I think this will be a great challenge for Bill Belichick, and I would imagine he views it that way. Um, he just strikes me. He'll never admit it, ever, in any of those press conferences. But he strikes me as a guy who now looks at this and says, okay, Brady's gone. I know. A lot of you think that this is the end. We'll find out. I think that's how he's wired. Uh, the Chargers you mentioned again, same head coach, different quarterback. Okay, so th- they're they're going to be no in a Melvin situation. Gordon? Yeah, no Melvin Gordon. Austin Eckler, I think, had been a more productive player in terms of running and catching mm-hmm. than than Melvin Gordon the last year. He was certain Gordon held out, and then Eckler Eckler was was really good the last couple of years. Um, but I think the Broncos are at a, a little bit more of a disadvantage because you have, even though Drew Locke started five games last year, this to me will be his first year really becoming, well, it will be first year becoming a full-time starter, right? And the pieces around him are relatively new, if not completely new, and the system. Now, I think the, now listen, I think the running game, I think we'll, will look fairly similar. In fact, I think uh, in terms of some of the terminology, I, th- I think they'll keep uh, Mike Munchak's running game. And, and that'll make it easier 
as far as the quarterback and some of the run checks and understanding the running game, but the passing game and the terminology will be a hundred percent different, and that that's going to that take now, some right? time. Can't they? Sure, okay. sure. Zoom meetings and you know, and, and uh, Locke's been out throwing to a few receivers, and that's good. But the only way you can really work on a new system is to get in game situations, whether it's somebody coming to UC Health Center and practicing for three days in in a controlled environment. That's really good work for a guy like Drew Locke or even preseason games for the most part. But who knows if we're going to see somebody come to Denver to work, if that's going to be allowed, and who knows how many preseason games we're going to see. I, I would bet sitting here today that it will not be four. I don't think we'll have four preseason games. I think if 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 teams get two, if they get two, coaches will consider it lucky. I have a friend that has season tickets to the Broncos, and we were just talking the other night about how the heck we, – we talk about this every podcast, but you have a, more of a connection to the Broncos, obviously – how they are going to do that with fans because they have so many season ticket holders about, I told her, I said, you may just get a fourth of what that you have to, if you're not going to let 80,000 people sit together, how they're going to divvy that up. That to me blows my mind and they've got to be talking about it. Right oh, now. sure. I'm sure they're, they're, they're putting together uh, several different uh, contingency plans. I don't know. I don't know. Well, see, I think people will understand. Yeah, they might not be happy, but I I think I think they'll understand that this was this was a completely uh, atypical year. It's an aberration. It's never happened before in our lifetime. So maybe it's done alphabetically. Um, Maybe it's done by your number in terms of season ticket priority. Right. You want you you have to put it out there for some of the older fans that. Hey, listen, if you don't want to come to any games this mm-hmm, year, right. we're going to give you your money back if you paid already, which I think they have, mm-hmm. and or we'll let you forward that money to next year, mm-hmm. but you will not lose your season ticket priority. There has to be that sort of plan in place, right? Yeah. So, I mean, I've got uh, the the people I've talked to that are devout Broncos fans, they're they're going if they are allowed to go, they're going. They may wear a mask, uh-huh. but they're going. So, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I, the same. You mentioned a couple more things. You mentioned a, the, a Zoom meeting. So on this, um, on the fanatics.com where you can bid on things, a Zoom happy hour with Kathy Lee Gifford and Hoda and brunch with. Don't you know they both can drink? Oh, and don't Hoda? you think? I think yeah. Kathy Lee. Yeah. She'd be fun. She'd say things. She'd too. be fun, faded. Oh, yeah, she says things when she's sober. <laughs> so, um, how much do you think that is? So, the current that'd be something that you would probably bid on more so than me. I mean, I don't, I, I don't have anything against Kathy Lee and Hoda. Yeah, which I think Hoda is such an unusual name. They send you food too. Like they send, they send you food and then drink. And have then you heard you- of Grubhub? <laughs> right, I can, I can get my own food. So to have. A virtual happy hour with those two, mm-hmm. uh, I don't know, 5000 5, Uh 3900 I think that's actually a great Thir- price. 3900 Yeah. Well, why don't you do that? And maybe, I... maybe then we can get them to come on the Dave Logan podcast. <laughs> that's a great point. Yeah. Why don't you loan me some money? It always comes down to that, doesn't it? <laughs> Last thing, um, what would your first question to Halle Berry be? 
hello. <laughs> and then I'd just sit and look at her. <laughs> no. I mean, she, she was born and raised in Cleveland. Yeah. Um, oh, that's why you like her. Nothing else. Not. No. <laughs> no, that's way down the list. I don't think I've ever seen you this smitten. Oh, Halle Berry? Yeah. I've had to think for Halle Berry for since Halle Berry was Halle, Halle Berry. Berry. Yeah. Right? Yeah. No, she just I don't know this. That scene when she in when she was in uh, the James Bond movie, it's like if we all could look like that in a bikini. Yeah. Yeah, that's what I was thinking. <laughs> yeah. Um no, so my first I mean, I just I just Listen, we just chop it up and get to know each other. I mean, I'd, I'd be, I'd be perfectly content having the dinner and just at the end of the night saying, "Man, that was cool. I got to sit with Halle Berry." Were there fights I missed? <laughs> You're sitting ringside. Oh yeah, uh, and the fights were good too. But that that would be good. Okay. But that listen, that one, that one will, of all of the cool opportunities for people to bid on and for people to raise money for this uh, worthwhile cause, uh-huh. that'll go as one of the highest bidders. I yeah. mean, that will go to one of the highest bidders. Okay. That's a, that's a, geez, I bet that's 50 grand or more. Would you do it for 50 grand? I don't have 50 grand. I mean, I, I'd, I'd say, listen, maybe I could contact her ahead of time and say, could I borrow 50 grand to then bid on sitting with you <laughs> and you can put me on a payment plan of some sort? And so Bronco My credit is good. And and you can come to the Broncos booth. You can do, uh, uh, you know what? I'm sure Rick wouldn't mind. You'll <laughs> you'll be the color analyst for one quarter. Any game you want you, you to do. I mean, can you imagine that? We'd like to remind everybody coming up for the uh, game this weekend is the Broncos host Tom Brady. Rob Gronkowski and the Tampa Bay Buccaneers tune in to the flagship station, 850 KOA, 94.1 FM, as Halle Berry will be our <laughs> color analyst in quarter number two. And then we look at the numbers afterwards. You know, normally you know, get like 30s for the game 30, right. and then all of a sudden it would be a spike to like 71. <laughs> and the program director, Greg Foster, would say, so... What in the world? What happened here? You just say, I was I was really good. Though. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, I'm enjoying your reaction to Halle Berry. I'll see you next week. Au revoir.